When you think about the future, how are you spending your time? What problems do you want to solve? What career paths exist and how will you get there? Get the inside scoop on college and career options. Let's plan your future. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's installment of College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, Program Coordinator for Next Generation Scholars. Uh, you can't see me, but I have been sporting a witch hat all day. It is Spirit Week at Kent County High School, and even though we have limited numbers of students here, the staff and teachers are still supporting the holiday, and we have a fun week planned. So today was wear a witch or wizard hat or a hat of your choice, so all of the, the counseling department, we have these cute little headband witch hats. So we've been sporting those all day. So if you want to see the photos like that, please make sure to join the Next Generation Scholars Instagram and Facebook. So you're going to look for Kent County Next Generation Scholars. So if you want to see that visual, please head over there. So for today's show, we are diving into financial aid. This is a hot topic right now for our senior students and families, especially as college application deadlines are approaching. The first big one is November 1st. We have a lot of students scurrying to complete their applications, but they're also really thinking about, okay, I've picked my school, but now... How am I going to pay for it? So we're super excited to have a special guest today, Laura Shahan, who is the Assistant Director of Financial Aid at Chesapeake College. And before I introduce her or let her talk a little bit more about herself, I just have to say we are so fortunate at Kent County High School and really all over the five-county area to have this amazing, knowledgeable person at our at our disposal. I mean, she has been, yes, yes, yes. Anytime I reach out and ask Laura, hey, we're going to do this program. Do you want to help? She's always like, yes. And immediate response. There's always a very quick response. And she's just so patient and kind and knowledgeable. So really, thank you so much for all that you do for students and families on the shore. And thank you for being here today. You're certainly welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure. So, I want, if we could start, if you could just talk about yourself, how long you've been at Chesapeake College, what your role kind of entails, like what your your job, you know, different things that you do with your, your position, and even your professional background, if you want to dive into that. I, I always find it fascinating, and I think it's so important to share with students the pathway to get to where you are, because nobody has ever had like a direct path. And having worked in college admissions, um, nobody that I ever worked with set out to work in college admissions that kind of fell into it. So I'd love to understand more about your story, if you could share that with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as you said, I am the Assistant Director of Financial Aid at Chesapeake. I have been in the financial aid field for a little over 13 years now. Um, I'm really passionate um, about my job, and, and it's not just a job, it's, it's a career. Uh, it started as a job, and, and as I've just gone throughout my, my um, professional uh, life, it's become my career and my passion. And I never see myself um, getting out of higher ed. I love higher ed. Um, it's, it's something I eat, sleep, and breathe. <laughs> um, as kind of we were talking about before the show started, I just find myself doing it all the time. So in an assistant director position here at Chesapeake, I'm responsible for awarding all the federal aid programs, all the Maryland state scholarship programs, as well as all our institutional scholarships um, to all of Chesapeake College students. 
Um, I also go out, obviously, to all of our high schools um, and present our Money for College presentations. I present all of our incoming uh, freshman class, all of their scholarships at their senior awards night. So a lot of outreach. Um, I also teach a freshman seminar um, class there at Chesapeake as well, just why not add on one more thing? <laughs> um, but I am a people person, so the more I can get to students, whether it's high school students or obviously our college students on our campus, um, the happier I am. And I feel like I'm impacting students more when we can you know, actually grab them and talk to them and see them and make those relationships with them. That's really important, especially when you're in the financial aid world because it is overwhelming. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so students, you know, they always fare out better when they have a relationship with their financial aid counselor, um, no matter who they are in our office. So it's something that, that I myself am passionate about as well as our staff. Um, my educational background, it, it, yeah, it's definitely not a straight path. <laughs> um, when I graduated from high school, ever since I think I was little, um, honestly, I always wanted to teach kindergarten children. And that was something that I was dead set on. Uh, graduated from high school, went to Chesapeake, has my, I have my associate's degree in elementary education, transferred to my four-year college, and then said, mm -mm, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't think it was a particular thing, but it just was a thing at that time. And I said, no, I, uh, I don't want to do this. So I took some time off, um, got a job at a local community college in the area I was at, um, in their registration office and that's when I really was starting to say "Ooh, this is me this is what I want to do so instead of do, working with five-year-olds I work with 18 25 35 year olds now um, and and that's where I found my my niche and um, my thing so when I was at Chesapeake College um, getting my associates I was a work-study student in the financial aid office and work study is, is like a, a part-time job on campus that students earn money to help pay for their higher education. So I knew a lot about financial aid just with that position. Um, and I, I liked it. It's, it's something that just kind of drive jived with me. And then a local, um, when I came back to um, Mar into this area in Maryland, uh, there was a job position open at Chesapeake in financial aid as a financial aid specialist. So I applied for it. Um, it was still the boss that I had when I was a work study student. So, you know, we had that relationship there and I was offered the job and um, then an assistant director position became available there in the office. However, I didn't have my bachelor's degree and um, I had all the experience but didn't have my bachelor's because I had stopped obviously until I figured out my, my thing, my why. Um, so that was my thing. I was like, oh, time to go back to get your bachelor's degree because I knew I, I wanted that job and that was my thing. So yeah, our paths, you know, aren't normally a straight line, but it's, you got to find your passion and your why and what makes you happy. And I knew that that's what I wanted. So completed my bachelor's degree in um, organizational management at Wilmington University, all online um, by the age of 30. And here I am. Here you are. <laughs> so I've been assistant director about six, seven years now. Um, so yeah, it's it's my thing. I love it. I yeah. love my job. I honestly love. Not saying it's not stressful. <laughs> <laughs> not saying we. I don't have bad days. Um, but I truly love my job. And I 
just having worked with you from from this perspective, I, I can see that it's obvious, and and I think the students and families can can realize that too. They're always so grateful when you join any of our workshops. Um, just you're just such a wealth of knowledge, and I think a lot of that comes from your own experiences. Just you've sure. dealt with the the community going to community college, going back to school, transferring. Yeah. All of these things that are a reality for so many of our students on the shore because they maybe set off on that first college journey and they're not 100% sure what they want to do. So it's neat that you have that those perspectives and those opportunities. And I think that that's what makes you so, so great at your job. And you kept mentioning the word relationship, which is such Mm -hmm. a key part of this whole process. And you had said, you know, make sure you have a relationship with your financial aid office. I can say, having worked in admissions and financial aid, not everybody is as friendly as you are. So we are very lucky. <laughs> it's very, I think it's hard when you're working with money and people get very, um, ups, you know, upset or just confused. And it's a very maybe frustrating process if they've never gone through it. So we, are, again, I just cannot say how fortunate we are to have this very kind, patient, <laughs> nice, helpful person to help with the whole financial aid process. So <laughs> thank you. And it Maybe it's because of that wanting to be a kindergarten teacher. There's something there, right? right. Working right. with working with that age group, I, there are skills that are necessary for also working with 18-year-olds. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I find myself referring back to that a lot. I'm like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> so as you're working with students and working with families, what would you say, and, and this, there might be multiple answers to this, but what is the biggest thing that you want people to understand about financial aid? Um, yeah, so there's multiple things. Um, but the one thing that I really want to point out today is that the biggest misconception in the financial aid world um, that I hear from students and parents is, especially students, well, my parents make too much money, mm-hmm. so I can't apply. I, I'm not going to receive financial aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I know a lot of people probably aren't going to believe this because it kind of sounds a little bit of a cop out per se, but there is no magic number, income number, um, as far as eligibility requirements for federal, state, institutional, private grants, scholarships, and even loans. Um, because the the formula that the federal government uses, the Maryland State Scholarship Administration uses, as well as a lot of local organizations use, it's not just income. It looks at number of family members, asset information, um, how many family members are attending college, et cetera. There's a multitude of different things that go in to determining a student's eligibility. And on top of that, it's not only uh, scholarships, loans, and grants are not just need-based. There are merit-based as well. However, a lot of the time, students just automatically do not apply because, again, my parents make too much money. So kind of knock that, that myth out of your head. Apply for everything because you never know what you're eligible for until you apply. And just because you might not be eligible for this pot of money per se, you could be eligible for something else, but we don't know until you apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so always, always apply for all sources of financial aid. Do not think that there is an income limit because honestly, there is not because there's so many different things that go into determining a student's eligibility. And every college determines that eligibility different because of the cost of attendance of that college, etc. So 
apply. <laughs> just apply, students. Just promise. Apply. <laughs> Bottom line, <laughs> apply for financial aid because you don't know what you could be eligible right. for. How, so we we kind of have covered this in the Money for College presentation, and we've had a lot of students that have gotten to attend that workshop, but even if they do attend, sometimes they forget or don't really pay attention to information until they start going through the FAFSA. So how would you recommend somebody get started with applying for financial aid? So they're like, okay, I want to go to college. I want to figure out how to pay for it. How do, how do they get started? Yeah, absolutely. So the very first thing, no matter what college you are going to be attending, is you always complete the federal student aid application known as the FAFSA. So FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Um, And you want to complete that every year that you are going to be attending college. That is how you're considered for federal grants and federal loans that your college participates in. That FAFSA becomes available every October 1st of the upcoming academic year. So to give you an example, October 1st, this past October 1st, so what, 27 days ago, the 2021-2022 FAFSA launched. So if you are going to be attending college, again, any college, in fall 21, spring 22, you want to complete the 21-22 FAFSA, and you do that at studentaid.gov. If you are going to be attending a college in Maryland, which I always tell students it pays to stay in the state of Maryland, guys, because if you complete that FAFSA before March 1st of every year, a copy of that application automatically goes to Maryland Higher Education Center for Maryland for you to be considered for Maryland state scholarships if you're going to be attending a Maryland state school. So yes, you'll get in-county tuition or excuse me, in-state tuition when you attend a Maryland school, but you're also gonna be potentially eligible for Maryland state scholarships. If you go to an out-of-state college, you're getting a double whammy. You're getting charged out-of-state yikes, as well as not being eligible for Maryland State Scholarships. So you always want to kind of keep that in mind. So get that FAFSA done October 1 to March 1. So that way you can maximize out on the most amount of federal and state scholarships available to you. And then once you start considering what colleges you want to be go to, you want to start contacting those colleges to see what institutional scholarships that they have available for you as well. And you want to start going ahead and researching out in your um, your local community for community scholarships, Lions Clubs, Rotaries, 4-Hs, FFAs, etc. Think about those sources. All those funding sources are available to you. You just got to start reaching out to them. So those are things that you want to start doing now. That's awesome. And in Kent County, I know the department of uh, the guidance department will compile all of those local scholarship opportunities and put them on the um, Navience program for students to to see. So you can kind of have at your fingertips all of those local scholarships. But it's I, you bring up a good point. Make sure you're looking at those individual colleges you're applying to to see what additional opportunities there might be. Because in some cases, students are finding their application for admission also counts as their application for scholarships. But some schools require an extra step, an extra application, maybe an essay, something like that. So reading all that fine print, that's a really good good point to make. But make sure, you, make sure you do that FAFSA first. That's your... Right. That's your yeah, that FAFSA is really what kind of kicks everything into gear. 
Um, and again, you know, a copy of it is sent to all the schools that you list on that FAFSA and they don't know what you're eligible for again until you do the FAFSA and you start applying for those. And like you said, you know, at your bigger four-year colleges, they may say just do the FAFSA and your admissions application will combine those two together and we'll consider you for anything you're eligible for. But some colleges, like especially at Chesapeake, I have a, a separate institutional scholarship application as well as the FAFSA. So it's almost a two-part process. So you have to look at each individual college. Don't just assume for one, it's for all, because it's not. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't want to miss out on those little opportunities. Oh man, I forgot to do that scholarship application and I missed the deadline. Um, so I always tell students money and deadline go hand in hand. <laughs> so you miss out on that deadline and you can miss out on a large pot of money. So just make sure you know, you check all of those boxes at each of your individual colleges. Yes, absolutely. So when you're working with students and families, what are some of the common questions that continue to come up every time or most of the times when you're meeting with them? Yeah, so um, a few of the ones, kind of three or four of the ones that I hear a lot are, obviously, how do I apply? How do I get started? So we, we kind of answered that one already. Get that FAFSA done. Um, and then one of the biggest, the probably the second biggest one is, is we hear from a lot of, especially our high school students is, well, I'm 17, I'm 18, so I don't need my parent information on the FAFSA because I'm quote unquote independent now. <laughs> and that's not true. <laughs> um, not, in, not in federal student aid eyes, so not in, in what your college is going to look at. So you've got to include your parents' information on a lot of, especially the need-based um, scholarships, loans, grants, applications, the FAFSA, you're going to have to put your parent information on the FAFSA. And then to take that a step further, we've got to determine who your parent is. So we have a lot of dynamic households nowadays, um, and parent information might look a little different. So what I would encourage you to do is, if, for example, um, if you have one of those dynamic fa uh, family households, uh, you were raised by a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or your parents were divorced and you live with one biological parent and not the other, et cetera, you reach out to either whoever you feel comfortable with, your high school guidance counselor, especially if you're a high school student. If you're a non-traditional student and you're listening to this program, feel free to reach out to myself. I can give you my contact information at the end of this. Um, or your local college that you do have that, again, that relationship with. And let us help you guide you through who your parent is based on your scenario. Because a lot of students fill out the applications and they don't either list parent or the information is not correct and it creates a rejected FAFSA or a rejected institutional application or something. And you're missing out on a lot of opportunities because you're not filling out the application correctly. So always contact whoever, again, you have that relationship with and say, hey, here's my situation. How do I do this? How do I fill out the forms? And we'll guide you through it. We're gonna ask you some questions and kind of figure out what your situation really is and how we can get you to fill out the application correctly so you can be awarded the most amount of money based on off of your situation. So those are the biggest things. How do I apply? Do I really need my parent? Yes. And then if so, who is my parent because of my situation? Those are awesome tips. And I'm sure, and having worked in this field for a while, you've probably encountered the full gamut of all of those different situations. <laughs> so yeah, we've seen it all, you know, and, and we're not, I certainly don't, don't feel like I'm making light of any of it either, but I have seen it all. So don't feel like 
you know, please feel comfortable to come to me that, you know, I have a, trust me, I probably have heard of it and I've worked through it and we've gotten that student, um, you know, a successful uh, financial aid package. So please, if, if you don't have anybody, you know, in your life in the financial aid world, I'm happy to help at any time. That's awesome. So since we're talking a lot about the FAFSA and it really is that good first crucial step, can do you have a top like three or four tips when it comes to completing the FAFSA, like little helpful tips that we can give students and families? Yeah. So um, I mentioned it before, complete that FAFSA every year between October 1st and March 1st. I can't stress that enough. A lot of students fill it, think that once they fill it out one time, they're done. Um, and you're in school probably four years, two years, six years. It just depends on what your path looks like. So every year that you are going to be enrolled, you're almost, think about it, you're almost an academic year ahead um, when you're filling it out. You're applying for the almost the next academic year when, when you're thinking about a, a realistic timeline. So get that FAFSA done, the earlier the better, October 1 to March 1. You can complete it after March 1st, but if you're gonna be attending a school in Maryland, now you're not gonna be considered for Maryland state scholarships. You will just be considered for federal aid programs or anything else that your college has available for you. So don't miss that March 1st deadline. Another tip that I would tell students and parents, um, if we have parents going on the, the application is, is you need, um, the FAFSA has to be signed electronically with an FSA ID, username and password. And I encourage students and parents to do that process before starting the FAFSA. Um, because it can be a little bit in depth and your information may, may need to be um, ran through Social Security Administration to verify your name, your social and your date of birth that you put on the application just for checks and balances purposes. Um, and that may take some time. That could take up to three to five days. So if you are in the FAFSA and it's February 27th um, and all of a sudden your, your application hasn't been approved yet, your FSA ID application hasn't been approved, then you can't complete your FAFSA. And if it gets approved after March 1st, now you've missed the March 1st deadline. Mm. So do that process and I can guide you through that process or your guidance counselor can help you. It's in my money for presentation night, um, my presentation. Do that process first before you complete the FAFSA so that way you have everything you need once you get in that FAFSA. And then when you're in the FAFSA, my last tip for you is when it gets to the income questions for both the student as well as the parent, you're going to need your, your um, income in information, your tax return for the federal, ta your federal tax return. I encourage you within the FAFSA, there is an IRS data retrieval tool built into the FAFSA. So the Department of Education as well as the IRS have kind of teamed up together to make this tool available to you. So that way you're not fumbling through your tax returns and trying to put find your adjusted gross income line. It, it, it's, um, the tax returns have drastically changed over the past couple of years. So those line items look a little different for a lot of people. And we're not used to looking at our tax return in detail like that. So the IRS data retrieval tool allows you to go out to your IRS account, 
pull in the income information that the FAFSA needs and it puts it all in the questions, answers the questions for you. So it's one less thing that you guys have to do and it helps reduce errors on your end so that way you can get a more accurate picture of what you're eligible for when you complete that FAFSA. So use those tools available to you that the Department of Ed has put out for you. Um, it, the IRS data retrieval tool is a really good tool for students to use and it helps you also speed up getting that FAFSA completed. Um, because again, you're not fumbling around trying to find your tax return if you misplaced it, or you're again, not looking at the right line items. So do the FAFSA, do the FSA ID um, before the FAFSA, and then do that data retrieval tool when you get into the FAFSA. So it's just one less thing that you have to worry about. Those are awesome tips. And for just for clarification purposes, if a student is applying for for the, with the FAFSA for the 2021-22 year, what year income are they putting on their FAFSA? They're going to use their 2019 tax return information. So a few years back, the Department of Education went to what we call a prior prior year tax re return. Um, so you normally would put in mo the most current, but now we're prior prior year. So we're almost two years ago income, if you want to think about it that way. Um, so 2021-2022 FAFSA will use 2019 federal tax return information. And just for just for fun, because I, I get a little nerdy about all of this stuff I really love, admissions and financial aid, uh, when that prior prior change happened, did you see an uptick in people applying for the FAFSA because they had already completed that income information, like they weren't trying to file their taxes and do the FAFSA at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. So we found that, um, and that's a, one of the reasons why the Department of Ed did that, is to help students also meet a lot of the state and institutional FAFSA priority deadlines of the March 1st or January 1st, whatever college they're going to because a lot of people didn't have their tax returns done by then. You know, some especially, you know, parents maybe with businesses, et cetera, wait, had to wait till that April 15th deadline or maybe even file extensions. So they were missing a lot of important deadlines or they were going on and estimating their income and it wasn't accurate and then the FAFSA wasn't accurate and then it created a lot of issues, right? So now you have a more accurate picture because you're using 2019 income, et cetera, and you're not having to wait to have those tax returns done. So that means there's no excuse for you not to complete it on the by the deadlines that are given, right? Because we have our tax return done. So students, get the FAFSA done. <laughs> <laughs> if you learn nothing else from today, go do your FSA ID, apply for that, and then do the FAFSA. Yes. Yeah. So what are, just off the top of your head, some local or state scholarships and grants that students should be searching for? You had kind of mentioned Lions, Rotary. What are some other ones that you typically see? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we see the whole gamut, right? Because especially at Chesapeake, we service our five-county area. So there's so many community organizations in our five-county area. But we see, again, like I said, you know, the Lions Clubs and the Rotaries, um, Firehouses, Oh, goodness. Um, local um, restaurants such as like Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, you know, local employers, students, your employers have money um, to give, especially if you work at an organization like that. There are scholarship opportunities available. We've seen Walmart. We've seen Target. Um, and then your parents could also possibly have tuition remission or tuition reimbursement programs at their um, employment 
um, and available for you. Again, that's all free money. And that's the money you want, students. You want those grants and those scholarships that are free money sources. Midshore Community Foundation is a fantastic local um, organization that gives out tons of funding, scholarship funding, free money to students. So I would um, look them up, Midshore Community Foundation. They have a lot of different scholarships. Um, so a lot of different students are able to, you know, apply for it. They, they don't just have one scholarship, right? They have multitude of different scholarships. So I would just encourage students, anything that you guys are involved in, parents, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, think of everything you guys are involved in, sports and you name it, you guys are in it. Um, those organizations have money to give, but you don't, don't think that they're going to come up to you and give you money, right? You've got to reach out to them. And now is the time to start talking to them. I know we're just getting settled in our senior year, um, but it'll be here before you know it. College will be here. You will be graduating um, from Kent County or whatever your high school is. You'll be graduating and you're out of here and now it's off to college and you have no money. So now's the time to start gathering those funding sources um, out in your local community. Yeah, that's that's great. And last week we got to chat with Beth Hallett at Chop Tank Electric Cooperative and she yeah. mentioned some scholarships that they offer to their members, which was awesome to hear about. So little things like that, that even, you know, people who've been working in admissions and financial aid for a long time, we don't know all of them off the top of our head. There are so many organizations and new ones every single year, and they might be $500, $1,000, but that, again, is money that you don't have to pay back. So all right. of those yeah, things, absolutely. they totally yeah, add we up. Hear, yeah, we hear a lot of students say, oh, well, it was just like a $200 scholarship, so I really wasn't worried about it. Guys, $200 is like your biology book. Um, yeah, and by the way, you got to buy books in college just in case you didn't know that. So your biology book probably is going to be about $200. Like, you filled out a scholarship application that probably took you 30 minutes to earn $200. So do it. That's a pretty good <laughs> hourly rate right there. <laughs> absolutely. Like, you can't go and, you know, do your local job and make $200 in a half an hour or an hour, right? So might as well fill out a scholarship application on a rainy Sunday. Like, why not, right? So do those things. Be proactive because, again, that money, it really does add up. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. But before we go, you had mentioned during our financial aid night earlier this month with Kent County families that there's FAFSA help to local students through Chesapeake College. Can you share quickly a little bit more about that? Yep, absolutely. So again, at Chesapeake, we are your regional local community college. So that means we're out in our five service area to help all students succeed. It's not just Chesapeake College students. That's kind of what I want to drive home again today is that, you know, we are, we're here to help you. We would love for you to come to Chesapeake, but if you want to go elsewhere, absolutely fine. We want to help you get there. So the way that we help, one of the ways we help you do that, especially in the financial aid office, is we offer FAFSA filing workshops. Um, so normally those are face-to-face, -face, but here we are in a virtual <laughs> world right now. So we're going to be doing our FAFSA filing workshops virtually. So what we encourage you to do is gather up all the information needed for that FAFSA, 2019 taxes, the F, um, FSA IDs, et cetera, and then email us. Um, our office email is finaid, so it's F-I-N-A-I-D, at chesapeake.edu. And if you just email us and we'll set you up a FAFSA filing workshop, 
um, appointment where it's it's going to be virtual, kind of through Zoom, Google Meets, whatever platform you you know you're comfortable with, and we're going to guide you through that FAFSA. Um, or if you just have a quick question, shoot us an email and say, hey, what does this mean when they're asking this? If you've got it, you know, and you, you've got it under control, we're happy to help with just specific questions as well. If you want to reach out to me um, and you want to make an appointment with me directly, that's perfectly fine. Um, you can either ask for me when you shoot um, the email over or you can email me directly. My email is lshahan, S-H-A-H-A-N, at chesapeake.edu. And um, again, we're working remotely, so email works best um, for us. But we're happy to help you. Again, no matter where you're going to be attending, we want you to get that FAFSA done. Um, so that way it's one less thing on your to-do list. That is so awesome. And Laura, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you as always. We're so fortunate to have you as a guest on the show, but also as an amazing resource in our community. So thank you so much for spending the time today. You're certainly welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to help as always. Awesome. Well, join us next week, guys, for another installment of College and Career Corner. We are diving into job skills that you need to be successful. So until then, I'm your host, Andre Anderson, and this is College and Career Corner. Ninety point five WKHS Wharton.